This is the Kathak podcast Kathak ka chakkar This place is designed to be a central platform for Kathak practitioners artists administrators and anyone associated with this beautiful art form My name is Pramit. I myself am a student of Kathak and that's what inspired me to start this podcast. You can find full episodes on all podcasting platforms and I also share clips from the episodes on my Instagram Kathak Kachakkar. The song you're listening to is called Kanya by Neeraj Chag from his album The Kathak EP. A big thanks to him for allowing me use of it in my intro. Today I'm speaking to the team behind the New York Kathak Festival, a non-profit organization that presents and promotes dancers, scholars and practitioners of Kathak. They produce a festival bringing together established and emerging artists from across the United States and beyond. The festival is run by a volunteer team of young professionals who live and work in the New York metropolitan area. The Kathak festival is their passion above and beyond their professional careers in industries ranging from fashion, technology, finance, fitness, education, journalism, design and medicine. and they take it as their responsibility to set a strong foundation for this rich classical tradition to thrive in NYC welcome anakshi and anisha for th- coming on to the show and before we get started just wanted to know from both of you like what has been the highlight of your week we're sitting here on a sunday afternoon/evening curious about that i know this uh, podcast will be coming out in a couple of weeks time but what is feeling really fresh in the last week is we um launched our tickets for the festival so we got our entire lineup announced and we finally um have pushed that button on making tickets available so that's been a highlight yeah for me uh the fact that our artists that we selected way back in 2020 um are still interested and super excited about being part of neo kathak festival that's quite exciting yes and yeah congratulations on having your tickets open i have had my eye on them as well i was just before the before starting to record i was discussing with anisha like if i had to fly i live in fond du lac wisconsin so closest airport milwaukee so if I, and i don't have vacation days anymore so if i had to figure out how to if when to come in when to go out still make it back to work what that those logistics would look like so i'm trying to figure out make that work for myself as well i'd very much like to be there in person and just to get into it when it comes if someone asks you and question for both of you anisha and actually what is the new york kathak festival what do you usually end up telling them okay i can take that one Um basically the New York Kathak Festival is a nonprofit that presents and promotes Kathak dance. Our primary focus is to bring um anyone attached to Kathak together. So that means Kathak students, dancers, choreographers, practitioners, um 
scholars or just audience members who uh, love Gratak together and also inspire creative exchange. The fact that um, we're in New York is very relevant and, you know, it's uh, a melting pot for lots of different art and culture and just people in general. And so um, our mission is to make Gatak a household name. And thanks for kind of giving us that background on that. And coming to like your backgrounds and connection with Kathak itself, Anisha and Manakshi, wanted to know what's your connection with Kathak. And for context, like I can tell you that my uh, like I I for 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 a while I trained with Tanvir and I met Tanvir through the New York Kathak Festival. And now I trained with Anindita Yogi Anam, and she's also someone I met through the New York Kathak Festival lineup. So it's I'm very it's something I'm very grateful for because you've introduced me to a whole world of Kathak itself. But I wanted to know what's your connection to Kathak as well. Um, I'll say that makes me so happy because that's what that's why NYKF exists right like this is the reason we wanted to bring people together and the fact that you've been able to um find people that you want to collaborate with work with learn from um is what it's all about so that's so satisfying to hear um my personal connection to Gatak I would say um if I'm really honest Gatak is probably like the glue that holds a lot of parts of my life together. Like it's been the greatest source of community for me in my entire life. And um, my, you know, I came to Kata pretty old, right? I was 16 years old when I started learning, but um, I would say that I love the art form naturally, but what I didn't, I never expected was that it would give me all the most meaningful relationships in my life. Like all the deepest friendships I've had, um, you know, even Minakshi, I, I met her over, well, over, I would say to over 10 years ago, and she's such a close friend of mine. And now we're collaborators on the Kathak Festival team. That love for Kathak is what has brought us together. And I would say like, it has, Kathak has done that for me in my life. And without Kathak, it would have been very different. I, I have been involved in the Kathak field since mm-hmm. I was very, but um moving to the u.s and finding this sense of community mm-hmm. uh, some of my closest friends or my best friends have come from the world of Kathak in this space so Kathak to me is more than just an art form it's mm-hmm. a family it's sense of life um in a foreign country a family and a sense of life in a foreign country that that uh, yeah that's a really good way of putting it as well i think for me, Kathak is a way for me to kind of connect with my roots as well. And I found that very gratifying. And you mentioned the mentioned the team and collaboration. I'm very curious about that. Um, in terms of like, you know, for, uh, today we have you and uh, Anisha and Manakshi on wrapping the NYKF team. But if you can talk a little bit about uh, who are the different people on your team just uh, and what are the kind of responsibilities people are handling how are you kind of pulling this off uh, just some background on that yeah so I'll take that first you know sure. we are uh, to kind of justify the background now noise I'm dealing with right now we are a group of young professionals we are a group of uh, young moms uh, you know young young girls who really believe in the art of Kathak. And we are trying to create this platform for our partners, for our our co-workers in this, in this space, to create a platform for them for 
where they don't feel like they are excluded, where they are differentiated because they're a young mom or a professional or a very junior artist. Mm. I'm, 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 at a, I'm at a function where my child is doing Easter egg hunt right now, doing this podcast with you. Um, I'm sure Anisha has her own forum. She can speak to she's that. And our, our colleague who was supposed to be on this call um, is an ICU cardiac pediatrician who's dealing with an emergency in the pediatric ICU. And I bring that up because I, I want to express the fact that the seven, eight volunteers that are founders of New York Catholic Festival are very, very young, very hardworking professionals who have full-time jobs, full-time life commitments that just make time for this organization because we believe in it. Mm-hmm. We want to be sure that every Kathak artist out there finds a platform to perform their art and feel su- successful. And it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. As a mom of a, a, a toddler, a three-year-old, I find it very hard. But I do it because I believe in it. I believe in the art. Um, I believe in the dance form. And I want to make sure it lives. Hmm. And thanks for making the time for it as well, Manakshi. I know it's not easy, like you mentioned, kind of balancing all of it and still being here. But I do appreciate you making the time for that. And so on that note, um, the next thing I wanted to kind of discuss in terms of things being hard, you know, the NYKF started in like from what I understand the first festival started 2019 and you know then the pandemic happened so you had a festival lineup 2019 then you had like an online event and over the over time you've had like pop-up concerts or home stages which was like your online video series showcasing various artists and now in 2023 your festival is back in a lineup form in person uh Yes, that's uh, so. I guess question for you, Manakshi, just to follow up on what you said. Do you feel uh, how has that evolution been in terms of organizing throughout these four years? Um, I think we went from a place of being like fearful of if will we be able to do it again. Mm-hmm. First festival was a huge success. Thank God to thankfully to uh, great artists like Pandit Gujumaraji, Shashwati Bhi. So many great artists, Prashantai, who truly supported us and really believed in who we were as an organization and what we wanted to do. So I think personally, our fear came from a place of, will we find the same level of artists and the same level of support that we did then? Continuity, right? The continuity is important. Mm. You can do it once. Can you pull it off again and again and again? Mm -hmm. Uh, So personally speaking, I felt like the fear came from a place so will we be able to do it again? But the follow-up and the messages and the, the constant feedback we've received from the Qatar community has been, oh, when are you doing this again? When can we make it there? What stage and platform can you offer us? Mm-hmm. So it's been very gratifying to see that the entire Qatar community has really um, not only supported us, but also wanted to show a willingness 
uh, in who we are and what we do. The place here, in terms of the physical location, happens to be New York, and I think there's a comment made about you know New York being a melting pot of arts and culture, and I also understand you know the team is probably based out of New York, all of you. But uh, I wanted to kind of get into the part about New York being the spot for this Kathak festival, and how does being in New York support the festival, help more people bring in, get, get the engagement up. And yeah, I just want to get to why New York per se. There is, um, there's so much there. Um, I would say uh, our entire, like the strategy be behind our entire event is like just in our name, New York Kathak Festival, right? Like we put on a festival of Kathak and New York is relevant because that's, you know, it, that's where it, it takes place. I mean, obviously in the, in your previous question, Minakshi was addressing this evolution. Um, it took, it kind of broadened that sphere of just, you know, being in New York. Originally, if you had asked us back when we first started this festival, we would have said it is extremely local. Um, and what we plan on doing is a festival every year. And, the pandemic shifted that in that, you know, we did smaller concerts, we did a lot of online engagement, we did a lot of online challenges, online performances, things like that, which expanded the scope of what we do. But essentially, New York, first and foremost, I would say, because we're all here, right? Um, I would say, secondly, um, there is a need in New York, there's a lot of Kathak happening in and around the New York area. So in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, there's a lot happening, but there wasn't really a natural place where it all comes together, right? And so we sought to be that, you know, bringing all of these different streams of thought, Gharana style together and um, allowing people to kind of, or creating the space, not allowing, but creating the space for people to really interact with one another. Then if we actually go back in history and we look at where did, when did Kathak first come to the US? Um, now before 19, in the, 1965 is really, after 1965 is really when, when Indian people started moving to America, when, when it was, a, became, it, it was an immigration law in that was in place and um, basically didn't allow Indian people to migrate prior on a permanent basis. But in the 60s, actually even in the 50s, there were a lot of non-Indian Americans uh, that were becoming interested in Indian dance, specifically Kathak. And a lot of those artists actually, they went to India. And can you imagine like the 50s and 60s, they went not knowing the language, not knowing anybody, like no internet, no previous connection, no WhatsApp, like, hey, can I come learn? They went there, they learned, and then they came back here. And most of them landed in New York and were performing in this area. Similarly, a lot of a lot of dancers, a lot of the earlier dancers. So once Indians were migrating to America, many of them again landed in New York. Not all of them, but a lot of them did. And so it's a very relevant place for Kathak. And then, of course, for art. You know, we have the best. Um, at, at at the risk of sounding a little <laughs> arrogant, like we have we have exposure to like the best of the arts in New York City in general, and so why shouldn't Kathak have a home there too? Yep, 
Hi, Nia. Thanks for kind of joining me on this one today. So for context, I'm going to add your question somewhere in the podcast. I have to figure out where we insert it. But yeah. uh, Nia, for you, from you, I would love to know, I guess, first of all, how, how, what is the nature of your work with the NYKF? And could you tell us about the team and how, it, how everyone has their own roles for how they work together and how that's evolved from 2019 to now? To give a big, bit of background, I'm a physician. I'm a pediatric cardiologist here and I practice here in uh, New York City. And so in terms of time commitment and all of that, I wasn't very sure. But Anisha was great in um, kind of quickly integrating me into uh, the, the team. So our team is a is a group of volunteers um, who are basically all passionate about Kathak. Um, a lot of us have learned. Some of us are still learning. Uh, a lot of us do perform. Um, <clears throat> and so... It is all just volunteer work. Um, we are just passionate about bringing Kathak to the New York circuit and, you know, obviously sharing that practice with, uh, uh, you know, people around in the New York area as well as those who travel. Um, our first festival in 2019 was extremely successful. Uh, we, uh, since then, the teams obviously, like, depending on, people moving, people, new people joining the team. So the team has definitely evolved. Again, everyone is a volunteer. They, we all have full-time daytime jobs. Like, for example, I'm a physician. Um, you know, uh, there are people who work at very different, um, from all walks of background, actually. Mm. So all, all walks of life with different backgrounds. Yeah. So. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, I wanted to get your insights on fundraising a bit, just generally speaking, because, you know, the like raising funds for me is always like a little, like nerve wracking. Not, not that I've done it a whole lot, but you essentially start with the premise of asking someone for money. So, or, but, so you kind of start out with that front. But I wanted to know for you, uh, Neha, like, do you have any insights when it comes to fundraising for arts in the US? What have you found works? What doesn't work? If someone were to start fundraising for their arts festival, what advice would you give them? That? Yeah. So, for example, like if we reach out to, um, you know, like a, a food company, you know, the yeah. ask needs to be clear that, hey, we're looking for um, donation for lunch for all our artists for workshops, oh. right? You're giving box lunches or or we're having a mixer and we want you to cater the food for that event or, um, you know, that. So, so the ask needs to be either are we looking for kind? Are we looking for money? Are we looking mm. for um Maybe we are collaborating with different uh, organizations and asking them to um, cross-promote our event on their uh, right. website, on their listservs. So what are what is our intention um, when we are trying to work with another company? Like, what are we asking of them? Hmm. And if I, I know it's like a registered, uh, I think uh, uh, if, uh, the NYKF is a registered nonprofit. So what's the best, if someone were to donate to NYKF, is the best way to donate through the website or what would you recommend for them? Yes, definitely. We I think the best way is to donate through the website. Obviously, like if there are certain kind donations that you think that you might be interested, um, you know, you can always just reach out to the, the team and e email. Like, for example, like, um, you know, there are certain... Um, jewelry uh, brands or something like that have in the past donated in kind to us like giving oh. their samples or a discount code or things like that uh, I think th those uh, creative ways of helping us also um, have worked really well in the past for us so I think any any of those things would definitely work okay 
Amazing. Yeah, thanks for taking us through that. And uh, really like what you said about the specificity of it. You don't just don't, don't say like, hey, come support us. You say support us. Can you support us like this? And this is how it's going to help you. Thank you for walking us through that example. And mm-hmm. like uh, the overall team as well. I was really interested in learning about how everyone's coordinating their days and the festival and all that kind of going forward. Thanks a lot. Nia. Yeah, I think the key has been just delegating small parts of mm-hmm of the big task list that is there and then yes. um coming together and meeting every um you know every week or every other week and making sure that those tasks are completed and the new tasks that get generated also then get split up amongst the team uh when you decide when you or, or when you're kind of figuring out who you want to invite who you want to reach out to to bring on to a festival what are the factors you're thinking about i think you mentioned a couple of things that you 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 know you know it doesn't matter if they're a big or a small artist maybe and you're trying to bring in representation from different styles you kind of trying to be style agnostic in a way but what are some other factors you consider when you're trying to figure out who to bring on and who to consider when you're kind of forming a lineup for a festival I'll start by saying the number one thing and this was really really important to us as we were developing mm-hmm. the our you know our plan for the Gothic Festival overall as an organization. Nope. Um it was that we did not want to be the type of organization where if you know the producers of the show you get a slot. Mm-hmm. Um and that would in particular that would be very difficult and challenging because we all come from the Kathak community so like we all have our friends and all of that and so um we did not want to be the type that you know give only our people a chance somebody or so you need to know us and then you'll get a slot no in fact we want we prefer that we ourselves get exposed to artists that we don't know and um that really came through i mean obviously now we've been around for a little while although this is only the second time we're doing our full festival but that really shone through and or shine that really came through when um we did the first festival where we had some artists that we knew but um because you know they were around they were local we had relationships with them or just through the kata community we knew we knew of them or they knew of us there were some artists that they did not know who we were and we had no experience working with them and they came out on a out on a limb you know and they just they were like okay we think what you guys are trying to do has some merit to it and so we'll give it a shot and we'll work with you um so we're super grateful for that and their contribution in that way is kind of what has in a, you know has allowed the festival to flourish in the ways that it did um But yeah, coming back to your original question, I think we curate our festivals through an op- open application process. So in fact, no no references, no recommendations, no I know this person, can you like we don't we don't do that. Um and we we prefer, we want to give an opportunity to any artist um of caliber. Uh and regardless of whether they are very established or you know less so maybe they're you know very new and haven't really don't have a lot of performing experience but are very talented um so we look for that and then i think what minakshi was saying earlier as well about you know inclusivity and we do seek that type of a fit also with our artists um in the sense that we I think we work best with artists that understand what our vision is and they kind of 
are interested in it, right? Like they're com they're coming and want to dance at the Kathak festival because they also believe in that vision of inclusivity and having a, a Kathak community that is beyond individual styles. And it's, you know, all about Kathak. Everything is about Kathak. Yes, everything is about Kathak. And on that note, I guess um, I'm kind of curious about this as well, because I've been considering coming to the festival in terms of, you know, because there's line like just on a high level, the performances, uh, it's like from what I understand, June, to, June 2nd to June 4th, performances on Friday, performances on Sunday, there's workshops all around people that you can you, and you can participate in the workshops or observe in the workshops but um and i'm just curious about this for people coming into fly down whether that's to perform to participate to just be around that festival what can they expect so one thing i'll say is they should expect a fully immersive environment um an environment that pulls you out of your day-to-day -day and really immerses you into kathak um workshops, performances, interaction with artists, interaction with some of the the legends in the industry. Um, I have never seen uh, Rajendra Gangani ji perform, so I cannot even express the excitement I have around watching him in a workshop or watching him perform. And everyone I have spoken to has expressed similar interest. So the opportunity um, and the immersiveness that we offer end to end from nine to six and beyond being Friday, Saturday and Sunday to spend your entire weekend just being immersed in Kathak uh, happens rarely, uh, especially in New York City. So that's what you should expect. You should expect being just being um, sort of immersed in the world of Kathak, in the world of classical dance, in the world of this this passionate art form that we all live and breathe for. And I really like what you said about immersion. There's something to be said for it because, you know, on average, like I'm doing Kathak classes right now. It's like you end, you finish a day of work and then, then you kind of put your Kathak brain on. You finish your hour of class and then you just go to sleep or you're back to work the next right. day, right? right. So I, I can say that personally, right? I have a three-year-old. Yeah. Uh, have a very demanding high profile job. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I'm on the I'm on a C level suite of a, a company that requires a lot of my attention. Yeah. I have a child. So between the combination of that, living a high paced lifestyle in New York City, to dedicate time that I do for this art form, and then picking and choosing this one weekend to give it all mm -hmm. to put my to put my work away to put my other priorities in life away to immerse myself into the art form of Kathak. Right. It's not like I make a choice to do it very often, but I do it for New York Kathak Festival because I truly believe that the artist that this organization curates for mm. us as a community is truly the best out there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's the performers, all the workshop organizers like Prashantha and you know whoever we whoever we invite. Yeah. Um, are truly the best in the business. Um, I make the time. And I, I, I truly believe our workshop participants and our concert participants do the same and feel the same. Yeah, I would add to that in that what they can 
I think the the immersion is is really there um, in the dance, and I think it it it's coming through in many different ways. So I'll just do a brief overview of um, the logistics of what they can expect, and then a little bit more on that. So Friday we start off with workshops all day, mm -hmm. um, and then end with a smaller, like a much more intimate style concert. So we're bringing out that element of Kathak through. Um, then Saturday again is all day full of workshops and then we have a mixer. So the intention there is now we're giving people an, a, an informal way to actually talk to each other. The artists will be there, the workshop participants will be there, our team will be there. Um, and so it's a wonderful just opportunity to talk and meet with one another in a more informal setting. And then the last day we will have lecture demonstration, we will have a lecture demonstration followed by our finale concert. And so there is an immersion in different ways, right? In investing in your own self in learning dance through the workshops and like engaging mm -hmm. with questions around Kathak via the Lekdem um, and then immersing yourself in the community, putting like the, the idea, I think um, there's this concept of like Sangha or Sangat, right? And that's really important. I mean, that's actually like more of a spiritual concept, but I think it finds a lot of resonance here as well in that um, it's it's like we're we're intending for people to plug themselves into that like Katak Sangat, right? Like they're around other people who care about this thing and they understand and they're invested in the same way, which is super special. So the community element. Yes. And that was going to be my next question as well, because I was wondering, like, if I had to meet, say, some of the artists who are performing or like, say, someone or someone I always looked up to, would I just hang back after the show? But I like that you've just created a space or a mixer for this to happen more intentionally. I do really like that part of it, because that makes things easier for people as well. And the next thing I wanted to kind of discuss, you know, we talked about a little bit about the festivals and this one I, I'm kind of personally curious about are the pop-up concerts you know because you had your online you had your online series where you kind of uh, you know each artist had their own video and they kind of promote they had a piece they were showing and performing home stages and I think you did a version of the Kathak festival online as well uh, the pop-ups how did they come about and what was kind of the think thinking behind doing these pop-up concerts every now and then um I think uh, they were born out of a bit of necessity hmm. in that um, doing a full, so basically I will say a lot of us have been obsessed with COVID since it first started like back in December yeah. of, um, of 2019, where we started obsessively following um, what was happening, like very obsessively following it. Um, and since then we've been very eager and so has, the Kata community, they've been eager for this to happen again. So we've been getting asked questions nonstop in that, you know, almost three-year period, the three-year period. And so the pop-ups were kind of our way of, we couldn't, you know, it would be irresponsible in say 2021. I think the vaccine was just introduced and venues were just reopening. They were very, very available at that point because people were not booking events. So it would have been irresponsible for us to say, okay, let's bring like 300 people together in um, in a concert venue, or, you know, let's have workshops with like, you know, 30 people per class. Um, it would have been a little bit irresponsible, but there was still that desire to have 
um, live Kathak and to present it. I mean, to go on a tangent, I mean, I think of the first pop-up that we did and I just remember being in tech with the artists and the fire that they brought, the musicians, the dancers, because they'd been cooped up for all this time. And then they had, even just in tech, I could feel the energy in a way with with the performers that um, was new, right? Um, and so there was a huge desire on the part of the artists and of course the audience that was craving something. Um, and so the pop-ups were a way of kind of satisfying that without, you know, um, without being irresponsible around the public health situation. Understood. Yeah, thanks for kind of going behind that. The thinking of that kind of makes sense when you put that whole thing together, Nisha. And uh, yeah, the other thing I want to I'm kind of kind of reviewing my topic list right now because I think we've gone through everything. We want to schedule the lineup. Oh yes, target audience. So the next thing I wanted to ask you is about like who you're kind of targeting for the festival itself. And, you know, if I had to take a stab at it, I understand like if there would be the Katha community. So there's the students and teachers who are teaching Katha. There might be the parents of the students. There might be like other artists who are coming in or Indian classical artists itself and the larger South Asian community. But, you know, doing this over four years, you've kind of had an idea of like, what could your audience be? What you thought it was versus if there's a bigger scope for it as well. So what, who, what would you say is the audience for the festival? So I think you hit on it in a good way, in a in a very um, pointed way. All of those audiences our, are our audiences. Mm. But I think the more, um, if we go back to what our mission is, right? Like it's not sufficient for us to just target, say the Indian community or just target the Indian classical community or just target the Gatha community. If we want for Kathak to be a household name, so I'm not saying like everybody know everybody has like an in-depth understanding of Kathak, but mm -hmm. I think, you know, broadly there's different dance styles, right? And people generally know what they are, right? Mm -hmm. People know what salsa is. They know what flamenco is. They know, you know, like these words have some resonance with people, even if they don't know exactly what they are. So if we're saying we want Kathak to be well-known, yes, then we need to expand beyond that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it is tricky in that, you know, a lot of us are actually mo almost all of us are very much steeped in this. And so it, even, you know, when we think about the artists that and we curate the shows, we are thinking from that perspective. When we curate the the festival experience, actually, we're thinking. Our, our perspective is if I was attending this festival, mm -hmm. what would I need in this moment? You know, I would you know, I would want to sit and have chai with the teacher. That's what I would want to do. Or mm -hmm. I would want some time so I can chat with some of the people that I met at the workshop. Um, but um, I think beyond that, like our focus is that, but then we also, for example, the, the uh, one of our team members who leads all of our um, our design work is not related to Kathak, right? Is, is doesn't have that that um, background in Kathak. And so that perspective of, I'm a novice in this world of Kathak, what is interesting to me? What, it, you know, that perspective is important. And so we try and bring that in as well. And so that we can have a wider audience, it needs to be more multicultural for mm. it to go beyond just being like, it's not like, 
Indian culture. Like we're trying to, it's art, mm -hmm. right? So. Yes, it is art. And that, that kind of brings me to our next question about, you know, the responsibility of education, which is always an interesting topic. Like, uh, as is the audience responsible to know a little bit about Kathak before they even come into the venue? Or is it the responsibility of, like, say, the organizers or the artists to teach them about it? There's always been a conversation about that. Like, should we shoulder the responsibility of everything on the person performing it? And there are different people who handle it a different way. But I wanted to understand, like, like say, for example, for me, I run a Kathak podcast. I don't kind of, I don't have any episodes, anything kind of going over what is Kathak, what is Akhar. I'm very much kind of intentionally targeting people who kind of have a background of Kathak, are, are interested in Kathak, and I'm kind of speaking to them per se. And, but I wanted to know for you, Anisha and Minakshi, like, do you, where do you see the, uh, in terms of like educating the audiences, or is that something you take up on, or you're kind of looking to bring in people who actually have a little bit of interest and then expanding it out from there? And following up from your previous answer in addition to um showcasing artists that already exist in the community it's this awareness this awareness of this art form that has not received um the showcase it should now this is me personally talking but i have a child a child who is not as exposed to indian classical dance as i would like her to be so speaking from that personal experience this platform to me also helps me um bring that awareness to my child and other young kids in the country so i hope we can build a platform that um can continue to showcase artists that expose younger kids to this amazing beautiful art form that's out there and uh, yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point about awareness, you know, because like no one sat down and told me what jazz is or ballet is. But if there's a show tomorrow, I'd go and see it. I, doesn't need, I don't need to know what that art form is to go and enjoy it in its entirety. But wanted to get your thoughts on this, Anisha. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. I think um, my personal perspective is, is that it's art. And so even if you extrapolate and you say, OK, let's let's put like Kathak and dance and Indian classical dance, which has like so much steeped into it. There's a lot of storytelling, background, context, history in it. So let's just put that to, a, to the side. I think like if we mosey into a museum, right? Mm. You don't necessarily need to know everything. Like knowing the context of the painter or the sculpturist or the artist in general is helpful. Knowing where they were, the time, the place, what their ideas were about the whatever their their topic or their subject was is helpful in adds context and color but there's also something very beautiful about um going in and being able to engage and to kind of add your own layer of meaning on top of that so i would say um like it's all about feeling right everything is at the end of the day is about feeling so how do you feel when you see something mm -hmm. um or experience something is probably the better way to put it. And so I think from the perspective of the Gothic Festival, we're not necessarily, I mean, honestly, we're not investing a lot of time in educating the audience ahead of them showing up to a concert, right? Mm -hmm. Like we try and in, in the most concise and precise way, explain and contextualize what an artist is about to do before a performance through um, what the MC would share um, as well as what program notes are, but 
Um, I think there's also something really beautiful in letting that, letting it flower and blossom in the way that it does for the audience and they imbue it with whatever meaning that they want to. Um, and if they enjoy it, then hopefully, you know, they'll want to come see another Gothic performance. Um, or maybe they'll be perplexed enough and be like, what was that? And they'll want to see mm. more. Understood. So yeah, kind of walk in the door with some curiosity and then leave them wanting some more and put in the right context in the right places. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of looking at my topics and the things I want to discuss. We've kind of covered everything. So kind of last question for both of you. Uh, so, you know, once you finish, I think I would assume that all of your attention is kind of like getting through the getting through the festival, getting all that done. But, you know, then after that, you have six months remaining rest of the year. Uh, do you have any plans for the rest of the year? What, what, what is the NYKF going to do for the remaining one or what, what's out? What's coming after the festival? I know it's too, I know it's a hard one to answer because the festival hasn't even happened yet. But I'm very curious about the future. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. From <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, uh, we... If I'm honest, um, mm -hmm. people people are asked like people have been since we've announced that we're you know this is our lineup of artists mm -hmm. and we're you know our our con our shows are happening or the festival is back for three days. People have been asking about 2024 quite a bit, um, and I'll tell you we don't have a good answer for that. I think um, Minakshi's point earlier about continuity is one that weighs on us a lot, especially we are a volunteer team, um, so there is and there's you know i think what the pandemic has taught us is that it's important upaj right from mm. improvisation is required so i think we have we have our plans in place that you know we always of course we have a lot of heart for what we've built with the new york Gothic festival and so we want it to endure forever but um you know we don't we don't actually know what is in store in the next six months but um, what I'll say is uh, the best way to find out is always to follow us on social at Kathak Festival. Understood. And I think that makes a good point as well. Like you have plans for the future. You never know what's going to happen with the plans. What we know right now is the festival happening in June. So let's show up to that one. Right. So, and uh, I mean, actually, quite, uh, same thing, same question for you. Did you have any thoughts about the future? Um, the future is is sort of to me in the hands of the artists. Mm. How much do we want to push the bar? Um, how much do we want to show up? Uh, without artists, this organization doesn't exist. Uh, yes, the audiences and uh, the promoters and the sponsors matter a lot. But unless we can find amazing artists to truly uh, deliver what this art form means, who are we, what are we, mm -hmm. we're not. So I really hope and urge to all the Qatar dancers out there that they continue to apply, continue to show us the encouragement that they have. Um, and we will do what everything we can to make this event possible. Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about like doing everything you can. You guys have done a lot for the community. I do thank you for that and yeah with that kind of bringing this episode to a close I will say this was one of the ones I was really excited for I've been kind of watching Anisha's old episode that she did with Farah Didi looking at the website gathering some topic ideas so yeah thanks, thanks a lot for coming on this was a lot of fun for me likewise we hope we lived up to all the hopes and aspirations you had oh yeah and then some 
Um, it was a it was a pleasure, and we really want to thank you for the opportunity to um, be able to come and talk about the festival um, ahead of it happening, and also want to just give you a shout out. We know that you're we're all kind of in the same we're swimming in the same world where we're or pond so to speak where we're you know creating experiences and creating in your case creating this podcast that is very much targeted for the Kata community and I think the fact that we're all doing what we're doing plus all the artists of course as Minakshi mentioned mm -hmm. um will ensure that we have a, a thriving really bright robust Kata community yeah no thank you for recognizing us thank you for uh, giving us an opportunity, supporting us. We are just, you know, a bunch of young uh, Kathak passionates uh, and enthusiasts, to say the least, who really want to make a difference. So thank you to you, to the artists, to the audiences, to everyone listening to the podcast. Keep doing it, keep continue doing it so that we can offer a platform for um, our kids and future generations.